You're listening to Crud Talk, a ministry of 50 shades of grace. Everybody's got a story. I'm guessing like me, you've been hurt before. But what if I told you there was more to this life than being stuck in the hurt and sin of your past? Hey, we all have crud, but it's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. Today's episode is brought to you by Highland Baptist Church. We thank you for your gift, which allows us to share hope and continue to help people deal with the crud in their lives. So thank you. We appreciate it. Welcome to Crud Talk. I'm Sonia Bruner. How are you doing? So let me just start off today with, it was a hard day for me. Cranky attitudes, not my problem, not my job, responses, and well, I just got fed up with sin. Sin is horrible. It's the worst. I bet y'all will say a loud amen to that, right? (laughs) But I have a confession to make. I think this will shock people. Social media has been a total downer to me lately. It hasn't made my life better, I'll tell you that much. Instead, it's made me feel angry, depressed, and wanting to hide away from people. We see the highlight reels for sure, but we also see the people that have lost their ever-loving minds and have gone off the rails out in the open publicly, and it's painful to watch that. You know what I'm talking about, right? We've all seen it. Someone just goes off, and they're airing their crazy all over social media. I always get this like sick feeling in my stomach when I see someone who I care about just go wild with their posts. It's almost like they're two different people. Obviously, people that post negative rants or like like when they post about their relationship breakup details or their divorce details or even the family fights. Obviously, they're hurting for them to do that and not to, to take that little pause and say, hey, maybe I shouldn't post this publicly. Anybody feeling the social media blues with me? For me, I think it's because I see the negativity and the ugliness towards others and sin so blatantly. And I wonder, what in the world is going on? And why is the Lord allowing so much sin to go on? The problem with looking at someone else's sin means that we have to look at our own sin. I hate my sin. But let's just get real. At times, it seems so fun, but it never is. Instead, I feel horrible. Okay, for me, especially when I want to tell someone off. You guys, that's hard for me. Y'all know I'm not short on words, but here's the thing. It seems like it would feel great in the moment, but it never does. Maybe for a split second, but then I feel totally convicted. I hate it. I get overwhelmed at my thoughts, my words, my actions, and sometimes I think, why am I doing this? What's the point? Satan wants us to lose hope by trying to get us to put our hope in anything other than Jesus. Hold on to this thought. Have you been asking why? (laughs) You feel like you've been praying and waiting for Jesus to do something, and it seems like he's allowing really hard things to happen instead of fixing it? Yeah, I've been feeling like that. So let's talk about the Israelites from Exodus in the Bible. The Israelites were enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt. You probably all know this, but some of you don't. He was afraid of an uprising, so he ordered that all Hebrew sons be killed. But a baby named Moses was put in a basket and found by Pharaoh's sister. She raised him as her own son, 
But when he kills an Egyptian, he takes off. He flees the country. 40 years later, God talks to Moses from a burning bush and tells him, go and deliver God's people away from Pharaoh. So get this in your mind. The Israelites had been in slavery a long time and praying and asking God to deliver them. God sends them a deliverer, dun da 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 Through a bunch of plagues, the last one God sends kills Pharaoh's son. And Pharaoh just in, totally says, let him go. It's a big deal because they had prayed for a deliverer to come and had to wait a really long time. They finally get an answer to that prayer, but then Pharaoh changes his mind and goes after them. So here comes Pharaoh's army and the Israelites are up against the ocean with nowhere to go. So listen to this from the Bible. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. That's Exodus 14, 10 through 14. The Israelites prayed and asked God to help them. And he does. But here's the weird part. He does what they asked. He helps them. And then they whine about the way that he helped them. Why did you do this? Why did you bring us here? What have you done to us? We knew this would happen. Why, 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 why? Sound familiar? Here's a personal example for me. A childhood that I grew up in, my childhood, was filled with scary images. Okay, my mom was a lonely girl who never felt loved. She was afraid. She was hurting and she lashed out at me over and over to try to forget her pain and inflict it on me so that I would hurt the way that she was hurting. One night she had come into my room to beat me and she grabbed any item she could get her hands on and hit me with it over and over. I never hit her back, but I kind of lift my arms in front of my body to kind of protect myself from her, her swings. She was screaming at me that I had ruined her life and that she wanted me dead. There was this moment that we just looked at each other. I'll never forget it. She has me by my hair and she just smiles at me with this scary smile on her face. This woman, my mother, that I desperately loved and wanted nothing but her to love me back. All she wanted was for me to be dead. I was hurting bad. But I remember just kind of limping over to my bed. I can't explain it other than in that moment, I knew this is it, I can't do this anymore. And I prayed out loud, God, if you are real, please help me. And he did. The very next day, he helped me. But in helping me, he took me away from the only human being that I have ever loved. Listen, I don't want you to miss this. Many times we ask God for help and then get crazy mad when he helps because it's not the path that we would have chosen or the delivery that we desired or expected. We, get, we actually get angry because he didn't do it the way that we wanted. It's like trying to tell the artist who is painting the picture what it is that he is seeing. Only the artist knows what he's seeing. Here's what we all need to remember. 
at the root of this kind of anger is fear. Fear that he won't do what he says he will. Fear that he might allow even more hard things to happen to us. Fear that he doesn't truly love us because why would he? How could he? We know the yuck in our hearts. The reason that Israelites got angry, fear. They were afraid God would leave them out there, that he would not deliver them like he promised. The reason that my mom hurt me, fear. Fear from her past, fear of not having control, fear of never being loved. Her fear came out in anger and abuse. When I asked God to help me, what I wanted was for her to stop hurting me. I wanted the pain to stop. I wanted to be loved. I never wanted to be removed from my mother. I loved her. I just wanted her to love me back. She's the only person I had on this earth. And in doing that, I felt alone. I was numb. I didn't even feel human anymore. There were moments when I actually thought I'd rather be back getting the beatings than to have to feel this afraid and alone. In other words, I too felt like it would be better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. Hmm. But here's the thing. In order for me to live, Jesus had to do what he did. That's how I got away from the abuse. That's how I met him. That's how I fell in love with him. That's how I was able to heal. That's how he changed my life by changing my life. Was it the path that I would have chosen for myself? No. Was it the path that worked out for my good? Yes. I'm thinking the Israelites would never have chosen slavery for that many years, only to have Pharaoh come charging up to kill them all. So picture this. The Israelites here, were they're up against the water and they needed help. God stopped the army from approaching and then parted the ocean so they could walk through. Oh, how I wish I would have saw that. Oh my goodness. The Bible says in Exodus 14 that when they saw what God had done with the ocean, they were in awe and put their faith in the Lord. Y'all, love. It's all I ever wanted was to be loved. But it was that nasty path of hurt and pain and hard stuff, the crud that led me to Jesus. That path, that plan, the very thing I always wanted Jesus gave me, love. Again, not the way I would have chosen for myself, but now, so, so much better. How do we know we can trust God? Okay, so we're trusting Jesus, right? But what if when you and I release what we're holding on to and let go, what if things get worse? What if God allows it to get even harder? That's a great question. Let's talk about that. The Israelites had seen God part the ocean, but when things took longer than they thought they should, they doubted. They began to take matters into their own hands. They stopped trusting him. And because of that, it caused way more trouble and took longer for them to get to the promised land. How many times have you and I saw Jesus do huge miracles in our lives? And then in those moments that take longer than we thought or don't go the way we expected, we're like the crazy Israelites taking matters into our own hands and we mess it up even worse. I've had times where I've trusted the Lord and not questioned him. And when I released my hold, things did get harder, <laughs> way harder. Some would say that I'd rather take my chances and depend on me 
than go through something worse than what I'm living now. But I've learned to be really careful about that way of thinking. It can always get worse. I've seen it happen. There are consequences to sin. So even when we've released our death grip on the thing we're holding on to, there can still be consequences to the thoughts, the decisions, the choices from other people or ourselves. Jesus is not a genie in the lamp where we get an epiphany to suddenly trust and give him the control on this particular issue we're struggling with, and then he is somehow bound to do what we say he should do. He is God. We are not. He sees the big picture. We see with our human, our crud-experienced eyes. You might say, I did what you told me to, Lord, so why are you doing this to me? Sin is in the world. Just because we do the right thing doesn't mean all consequences magically get erased. If you get convicted about tithing and you begin to give your tithe, does that mean you'll get a million dollars in the mail from Publishers Clearinghouse? Not likely. Could it happen? Sure. If you have a pornography addiction and you are convicted to stop that, does that mean that everything is okay between you and your spouse? Probably not. What about the pain and the betrayal that has happened because of our actions? Trust is broken. Communication and proof of living a porn-free life must happen to even begin to work towards building the trust in that relationship. But here's the good news. (laughs) Anything is possible with God. That's why I share my story. You know, I should be dead, not just because of what was done to me when I was a kid, but even from the choices that I made growing up after that. I was a dead girl because of my sin. Jesus forgave me. He changed my heart. He changed my mind. Taught me who I was in Christ. Gave me hope. Gave me love. Jesus taught me how to forgive even myself. I don't believe it's wrong to ask Jesus why. The Bible says that we are to cast our cares upon him. I believe that we are the closest to Jesus when we share our heart with him in truth and brokenness. How do you feel when someone you love shares their innermost thoughts and feelings with you? Connected, trusted, loved. Remember, Jesus knows everything we think and feel. When we ask Jesus why, we are to trust him, respect him, and obey him. When he answers our prayers, we can't allow our hearts to doubt his love and his sovereignty. He knows what he's doing. You either believe that or you don't. The truth is, By you releasing your fingers and letting go of the thing you are holding on to, things could get worse. They could get harder. At least when I let them go, I have the greatest ally in all the universe working with me, walking through it with me. I am not alone. The same God who provided for you, saved you from hell, forgave your sin, and came through when you needed him last time, is still that same God. Remember the last time that Jesus walked with you through that hard thing. Cling to the hope that Jesus is working all things out for your good. If it's a choice between me or him, and I was a betting girl, I'd put my money on Jesus any day. He has proven himself over and over. Whatever Egyptian or crud stuff you and I are facing today, you can trust the one who has brought you to this moment. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. No matter where he leads or how he leads you, you can trust him. If you need to ask why, ask him. It's okay. 
but understand that he is God and he owes us nothing. His love and grace and mercy is more than enough for us. If you have a need, he tells us to go to him and ask. But for goodness sake, don't be an idiot like me and waste any energy getting angry with the Lord because of the way that he decides to deliver you or provide for you. Again, the same God who provided for you, saved you from hell, forgave your sin, and came through when you needed him the last time is still that same God. He loves you. He doesn't want to harm you. He died for you. You, the whole you, all your sin, all your crud, all your fear, you. He can even handle the question, why? So don't be afraid. Release your fingers and let go. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Mm, That's a good word. If you've been struggling with crud and you feel like you're stuck, I can help. I work with people one-on-one by providing biblical counseling and crud coaching. Message me for details because I would love to work with you and help you. Hey, please subscribe to my podcast and follow me for more tips on how you can deal with your crud on all social media platforms. I'm Sonia Bruner. This is Crud Talk. See you next time.